I'm John Paul Deneen III with Deneen Farms in Waxahachie, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA's latest supply and demand report showed yet another slight increase in the size of the U.S. cotton crop. Yeah, I know, if you're growing cotton here in Texas, you're wondering where in the world is USDA coming up with more cotton. But it was only a very slight increase, and we'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Exports are important to every farmer and rancher. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, We'll hear about what the Texas Department of Agriculture is doing to grow export opportunities for our state's producers. New cotton varieties for 2023 were announced for Texas farmers and other producers from the Cotton Belt. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more from the New Product Evaluator Summit on Texas Ag Today. Texas farmers and ranchers say it is time for the state to step in and regulate renewal energy projects. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA's latest supply and demand report released Friday shows yet another small increase in the size of the nation's cotton crop. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer. The production changes this month are pretty modest overall in terms of cotton production. They did make an adjustment on cotton yields, adding 13 pounds an acre to get to 868 pounds an acre. That's a pretty modest change. It's about 1.5% increase over the prior month's estimate. But after seeing what this year's drought did here in the nation's number one cotton-producing state, you have to wonder where this extra cotton is coming from. Plains cotton growers teamed up with the American Soybean Association last week to argue before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. The two groups urged the court to clarify jurisdictional rules and require the Environmental Protection Agency to use the best available science when evaluating dicamba pesticide registrations and the potential impact to species protected under the Endangered Species Act. The groups filed the lawsuit against the EPA back in November of 2020 on the five-year registration for the use of dicamba on dicamba-tolerant soybeans and cotton. 
Growers argued EPA's flawed approach led the agency to impose arbitrary and overburdensome buffers and application cutoff dates. There are a lot of great products on the market to treat calves with bovine respiratory disease, but it's becoming more important ever to use those products responsibly to prevent antibiotic resistance. Dr. John Davidson is with Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health out of Shiner, Texas. The charge that I have for the, the listenership is to really understand the responsibility that comes with picking an antibiotic, using that antibiotic in a calf or a set of cattle, how long is that antibiotic going to be expected to work? And in other words, in the spirit of judicious use of antibiotics and, and only using what is necessary, it's important to know what we would call a post-treatment interval. So if you're going to use a drug, how long can you expect that product to, to work before you need to pull uh, and retreat with another drug? Davidson says that's important to know to avoid overusing any particular treatment. And so out of all of the choices that are available, and there's really great drugs, ours and others, but there's great drugs out there, really understanding how long the drugs are expected to work so that we don't overuse uh, those antibiotics is really an an important message for for those people in charge of administering and treating cattle. Dr. John Davidson with Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health. He is based out of Shiner. Exports are important to every Texas farmer and rancher, and James Hunt tells us the Texas Department of Agriculture is working to increase Texas agricultural exports. During his recent visit to Amarillo for the Farm and Ranch Show, I talked with Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller about his agency's efforts to get Texas ag products into more markets around the world. China is one that everybody's going to think of whenever you're thinking about exporting ag goods from anywhere in the U.S. But what are some of the markets that you are focused on for Texas producers and how are things coming along with that? Well, on the livestock end, we've had real good success in Central and South America. Actually opened an office in Argentina. A lot of livestock genetics, herd sires, bulls, females, embryos, semen down there. So that's been really good for us. But we made some inroads into the Middle East, uh, Dubai. We're now shipping uh, grain sorghum to Spain. We've never done that before. So we're trying to spread out our risk and not put all of our eggs in one basket, as they say. So the Texas Iron Commissioner's Office has an office in Argentina. Right. It's a one-employee office, but we got one. <laughs> Do you have offices in other countries? You know, we planned to open one in Beijing and one in Lebanon, but COVID hit. That kind of put that on hold. But we'll get back to it as soon as everything opens back up. Has having an office in a foreign country ever been done by an ag commissioner before? You know, I don't know, but it's time. We're in a global market. We need to be where the markets are. Some thoughts from Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller. On another note, here's a reminder that the North Plains Groundwater Conservation District in Dumas is now accepting registrations for the Master Irrigator Program. Master Irrigator is an opportunity for farmers to learn about new irrigation technology and methods. Sessions will begin February 15th. Contact the North Plains Groundwater Conservation District for more information. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. New cotton varieties are rolling out for next season here in Texas. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at those varieties from the Delta Pine Conference in Tampa, Florida. At the recent Delta Pine 
New Product Evaluator Summit in Tampa. Five new varieties for 2023. Cotton varieties uh, were released for commercial use in the spring of 2023. And with me is Delta Pine Cotton Product Manager Eric Best. And uh, Eric, uh, some of these are uh, going to be suitable for Texas uh, cotton farmers. Well, as far as the class of 23, we're real excited. We had a, you know, two new lines launched in the Bolgard 3 Thrive On type products. Two new Bolgard 3 Extend Flexes, uh, you know, both of which look pretty dang good in Texas. One of them looks real good in Texas and will probably be focused in West Texas. And then one other B3XF uh, that brings some more uh, root knot tolerance in our nematode-resistant lines. Probably best fit to the southeast, but with some of the limited testing. And as you well know, uh, you know, we're not 100% sure, you know, if these things do or don't fit really in West Texas when you have a year like we just had. You know, it's very, very limited data. Really looking forward to this next year and not only get some of the new stuff out, but this new class of 23 out and really maybe we have a good year and help those West Texas folks out and see which ones of these fit. Certainly uh, resistance to bacterial blight and even uh, moderate tolerance to uh, verticillium wilt. Uh, that's helpful for the farmers. Bacterial blight, we don't have it that often, but in the regions we do, even in West Texas, you know, a couple of years ago we have had some where we have it it can be devastating depending on the time of year it comes in so having some products that are genetically bred for resistance to bacterial blight is huge verticillium is typically a disease we see on better water higher yielding type acres typically you don't see it in bad cotton so i'm hoping that we have some conditions in this next year where we get some rainfall have some good moisture have some big yields and really get to show some of these things off on some of those vert acres that is eric best with delta pine in tampa i'm tom nicoletti for the texas farm bureau radio network the renewable energy industry is growing fast here in texas but Gary Joyner says Texas farmers and ranchers think it's time for the state to step in. It's the Wild West out there for renewable energy projects in Texas. Anything goes. There is no regulatory authority overseeing solar and wind projects in the state. Texas farmers and ranchers say it is time the state steps in. It is reported as many as 400,000 acres of solar projects are being pursued. Texas Farm Bureau delegates meeting this week support farm-produced renewable energy. But they said without rules and regulations, there is great risk. State regulatory authority is needed for the siting, construction, maintenance, disposal, and decommissioning of renewable energy projects. The state should address impacts to the environment and production agriculture with its regulations. Farmers and ranchers want the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality to develop rules and regulations on the location of any solar facilities and any solar battery storage facilities. Texas River Authority should also have knowledge of the location of these facilities. The Texas legislature is expected to discuss the issue of renewable energy in its upcoming session in Austin. Texas farmers and ranchers are charged and ready to promote what's needed. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas anglers can help advance flounder research. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And bone cysts can cause career-ending lameness in young racehorses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. 
We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Bone cysts can cause career-ending lameness in young racehorses, but Dr. Bob Judd says there is a new treatment. Subchondral bone cysts create a cavity in the bone, usually adjacent to a joint, filled with fluid and necrotic or dead material. The cause of these cysts is unknown, but some scientists believe it is due to joint fluid leaking out of the joint, local inflammation, injury to the bone, or can occur secondary to osteochondrosis in the joint. Treatments have included stall rest, injection in the cyst, or surgical treatment that included implanting a removable metal screw in the cyst. Recently, a research group in Italy decided to try a composite screw-shaped implant that would provide bone support and encourage bone growth. But because of the composite material, it could help fill the cavity while producing a matrix that would allow the bone to rebuild. And unlike the metal screw, the composite will be resorbed by the horse's body, so surgical removal of the implant would not be required. The scientists tested the procedure on 38 standard bred and thoroughbred racehorses from 10 to 24 months of age. Most of the horses had these bone cysts in their stifles, but some had them in their fetlocks. After four weeks of post-operative stall rest, horses were gradually returned to exercise, and only three out of the 38 had any lameness present. 36 sound horses began racing again, and four years later were reported to still be sound. The researchers found that within three months, the cyst had filled in on average 77% with new bone, and since the original study, over 200 horses have benefited from this new procedure of subchondral bone cyst treatment. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers can help advance flounder research. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers will soon play an important role in advancing flounder fishing research. Julie Hagen, social media specialist for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Coastal Fisheries Division, joins us with more. We're actually currently working on a research study regarding nighttime flounder fishing. It's actually a very popular species that's targeted at night. Because people tend to like to gig for flounder, that's a very specific gear type. They tend to do it at night because that's kind of the best time to be able to use the gig to get the flounder. So we actually don't have a lot of research about how many flounder are being gigged at night or being kept at night since we don't do creel surveys, which is just our angler surveys that we do during the day. So my team has come up with a study and we recently got a grant and we'll be starting December 15th and we'll be doing nighttime creel surveys with anglers on the middle coast, asking them questions about their flounder catches. And then we've also added a flounder project to the My Texas Hunt Harvest app. And this will be asking anglers to self-report their flounder catches, completely voluntary. It's just going to help us get more data and kind of have that citizen science component 
to it where people who are fishing day or night in any base system, we ask that they go onto this app. It's a free download and you just tell us about your catch how many you caught, how big they were, and where you were. And we'll be able to use that information along with the research that we'll be doing on the coast and hopefully get some more information about the nighttime fishery. And that's really just going to help us flesh out this population data because the more we know about anglers' habits, the better data that we have where we can make better management decisions. That app again is the My Texas Hunt Harvest app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A higher trade on Tuesday in the cattle market. The cotton market jumped higher also. We'll take a look at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Box beef took a big jump on Monday to start the week, and that helped the cattle futures trade on Tuesday. We finished higher on both live and feeder cattle in Tuesday's trade. December live cattle up 50 cents, 154.90. February up 25 at 156.35, while April live cattle up 15 cents at 160.05. January feeder cattle up 57 cents, 184.22. March feeders up 50 at 185.72, while April feeder cattle were up 42 cents, 189.07. Cash fed cattle market still quiet for the week. However, feedlots are optimistic. They're asking 157 to 158 here in the South. Boxed beef prices mixed Tuesday. Choice was up 331 at 260.33. Select down 78 cents at 224.90. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Russell Heller, my guest. Russell sold cattle in Lexington on Saturday. Russell, what did you think about the sale and how many noses did you count? Yes, sir. I had a good sale, 1,272 total head with 229 cows. Walk the pins with us, please. All right. The thinner pack cows, 25 to 50. Better cows, 51 to 78. On the steering bull calves, 3 to 400 pounds, 120 to 240. 4 to 5 weights, 115 to 230. 5 to 6 weights, $1.10 to 195. 6 to 7 weights, $1.05 to 180. 7 to 8 weights, $1 to 165. On the heifers, 3 to 400 pounds, 115 to 215, 4 to 5 weights, 110 to 205, 5 to 6 weights, $1.05 to 175, 6 to 7 weights, $1 to 160, 7 to 8 weights, 95 to 141. Good. Now, was uh, will we have another sale this Saturday? Yes, sir. This will be the last one, and we'll miss two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. Has anybody called you and said, Russell, I'm going to be there with this and this and this? Yes, they have. One man's going to have about 35 or 40. Uh, they'll be full blood or three-quarter Brahmin heifers, weigh five and a half to seven and a half, and another one's going to have about 20 cows, three to six year olds and those should be bred and all of your buyers
buyers are going to be in for this last sale? Yes, sir. Everybody's coming. What's the weather uh, looking like it's going to be? Time is supposed to be cold later on in the week. We had an uh, inch and three tenths Saturday night. So, I mean, it was it was nice. Ran a little water and just need a little sunshine later on to get the grass going. Good. How about our ryegrass? How is it progressing? Yes, sir. It's looking good. Last week, it's really grown some. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for this last sale coming up here in Lexington this next Saturday. Sure, you can get me on my cell. That number is 979-820-7002. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs finished higher on Tuesday. December hogs up 45 cents at 82.40. February hogs up 87, 84.57. Class 3 milk was higher. January milk up 31 cents, 19.35 a hundredweight. The cotton market opened limit up in Tuesday's trade. Better than expected CPI numbers came out. That sent the U.S. dollar crashing lower. And that helped the cotton market to hit limit up early in the trade. However, we did pull it back some right before the close. March cotton finishing 224 higher at 81.63. May cotton up 219, 81.67. While new crop December cotton was up 184 points, 79.21 cents. Corn market was mixed. December corn up two and a half, 643 and three quarters. March corn down a half, 653 and a half. New crop September corn off one and a half at 609 and a quarter. Hard wheat finished slightly higher in Tuesday's trade. Soft wheat was lower. March Kansas City wheat up three, 865 and a quarter. New crop July up three at 849 and a quarter. On the soft wheat, March Chicago wheat down four cents, 750 and three quarters. New crop July down two at 765 and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas up 34 cents, 693. January West Texas crude up 239 at 7556 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 134 points, 34,139. The Nasdaq up 128, 11,291 while the S&P was up 33 points at 4,024. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.